This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast, Talking TV, with our regular podcast television critic, Andrew Mercado. Welcome. Hi, James. Getting towards the end of the year, we're going to um, power through some of the uh, highlights from the last month of survey. I want to talk to you a little bit about the ratings, how they ended up for the year. Also cover off some of the uh, new programs that have been highlighted in the upfronts for 2017. Yep. Then we're going to have a separate podcast, which we'll have up um, a little bit closer towards the end of the year we're going to talk through and argue our way through our sort of our top 20s i guess yeah i can't wait for that one it should be fun (laughs) all right look we're into summer i I quite like and we've had this discussion before i think i quite like summer survey you get lots of interesting things thrown up as a sort of tv professional there's less pressure on you isn't there to every night to be keeping up with what's going on yeah, although I think I would argue too that the free-to-air networks certainly are relying a lot on repeats of old blockbusters to kind of fill the slots. Uh, it's not very imaginative. And, and I still, and I say this before and I say it every year, I still think they need to try a lot harder, particularly over the Christmas period when you've got a lot of eyeballs and particularly given the average age of TV that was released the other day and we can see that the median age on all the networks is quite old. I think Christmas is an opportunity where people are sitting around houses and maybe families sit down to watch something. And I just think that given all the competition these days, that the next networks could try just a little bit harder with putting something special on during that time of the year. Oh, yeah. If I was running a business, I agree completely. I'm just thinking of a selfish point of view where I can kick back and relax. But what we have this week, we had uh, World best commercials or yeah. something that's not a show is it no i mean come on no it's if it's i want been to see commercials filler. i'll go to youtube or something yeah. and best getaways or something which again was a never you teach know, your wife to drive i mean yeah, really I mean, some of those shows i mean yeah they're just they're, they're just shockers and, and um, yet if you look at the abc which kicked off the first night of non-ratings on sunday night with crowded house live from the sydney opera house and then you had sbs very cleverly scheduling first contact for three nights um with less competition than they would have got in any, any other ratings years these, this is a great opportunity for networks to get out there and try some new things, um, even though we all know from the general figures that, you know, viewing immediately starts to decline without those tentpole shows. But nevertheless, uh, there's no reason that you just don't try at all. Yeah, quite, quite. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, the... Um the last month of survey in November, it really petered out, didn't it? It until certainly did. The sort of shows started packing up towards the, at the start of the month, and then each week there was one less and yeah. less. Until there was hardly anything going by the last week. Yeah, we didn't have any sort of major reality franchise for the last week, did we? It no, just, I they think, all uh, just... maybe um, X Factor was on the Sunday night of the last week, or maybe on the Monday, but it was gee. It was just so inconsequential this year. Even without I mean, the competition. It has been for a little while, yeah. I reckon, but there was just no interest. The, the numbers were really quite, you know, quite low, small, whatever you want to call it. Um, just didn't seem a lot of people cared. 
I think we've seen two singing shows collapse this year. The return of Australia's Got Talent on Nine uh, mm. didn't work. The X Factor is really needs to be rested now. Uh, it leaves just the voice for Nine, um, who are bringing back Seal in 2017. And Which is rumoring... good news for them, I guess, yeah. because if there's only one, it makes it a bit more special, right? Listen, the key to reality success is to do one series of your show for the year. I think Nine have learnt that lesson with The Block this year. They didn't do two series like last year when it was actually starting to get on people's nerves. Uh, and this year they just did one. And look at it. The viewers came flocking to it. And they would not have done that if the show had been on twice a year and just been another show. They came because when you put a reality show on once a year, it's special. Yeah, yeah, no, it did very well, didn't it? And um, and it was a really in, they they again they choose very well their properties. I think on the block, don't they? This sort of big old um, warehouse, big old office building, sort of an Art Deco yeah. office building. They turned into sort of luxury units. Yeah, huge figures. Yeah, yeah, it did did very well. Uh, Survivor Australia was sort of Ten's last big hurrah this year, I guess. Um, again, we're thinking next year with they're going to slot um, the Biggest Loser re something reimagine. It's got whatever. a new name, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the Biggest Loser something. Huh. But that's going to be back. Um, I think that will run after I'm a celebrity to get me out of here, so it will push all the other shows back a little bit. MasterChef will start later, so therefore um, Australian Survivor will start later, and it should run to the end of survey. Look, I think they did such a good job on that show uh, this year. Look, the numbers were okay, but for the first year of the franchise back... Uh, and it was really the first time they had a proper crack at it in yeah. Australia. So I think they could possibly build on that for next year. Well, my main worry is that there was such a good program. Can they do it as well and get the same sort of excellent cast assembled again for next year? And it's not a cheap exercise, is it? No. I mean, that no, costs they, a lot of you money. You see the money on the show. screen, don't you? Sure you do. Know, at, um, and it, it, really, it, really, um, it really paid off full and big time. I would wonder, though, if you're going to screen the show three nights a week, you maybe don't need 90-minute episodes. I think three 90-minute episodes, even though that's the norm in reality TV, I think that's too much for your average survivor viewer who's used to the American version where it's just one hour a week. I think if you're asking people to commit to it, I think three one-hour episodes would be the max. I think as soon as they went to three 90-minute episodes, I went, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't have time for it. Yeah, it's interesting point isn't it Do, does the audience check out if it's just because that long all the billboards if you remember it was going to screen twice a week yep. two 90 minute episodes now that's three hours commitment a week you make that four and a half hours a week for a show like survivor that's too much for me hmm. and but i guess if me. they'd stuck with twice a week it probably would have pushed out to the end of survey yeah i wouldn't have finished early in the month but it did seem to do very well with uh younger younger demos i mean there were kids who don't normally watch reality tv like people in my family gathering around in groups to watch this show which i haven't really seen for a while for a uh, free-to-air broadcast show like that yeah they were really sort of engaging with that's it. good yeah yeah so it's, it's good news for 10 um yeah the block we've talked about that ended up the the year for uh nine um as you said first contact very clever piece of programming from sbs i I didn't keep a track of the numbers this week, to be honest. It got away from me. I'm not sure how it did. Yeah. I don't think they were huge numbers. Got a lot of quite a lot of publicity. Got a lot um, of publicity. There's a lot of talk about it on Talkback Radio. I was uh, surprised that uh, after the tone of the conversation after episode one, there was a lot of negative publicity about it, from um, particularly from some
some Indigenous viewers that right. thought it was uh, horrific. And I mean, if you... Exploitative, or was that there? Yes, that word was being thrown around. But I think that's unfair to hurl that at the show after just one episode because episode two and three really uh, went into uh, some really worthwhile and some incredibly useful stuff that they covered. And I just think that first episode was so shocking to some people to hear some of the things that David Oldfield was saying. And I mm. think that he was very cleverly using that yeah, as a platform. I didn't like to... him at all on that. I mean, I, I, I have warned to him strangely in the past at times but oh, I'm sorry I just I thought mate he's he was like putting on a show. I yes, thought, he was. Wasn't he? Did you he was feel trying that? to make the show all about him. Yeah. And I find that absolutely heinous when that mm. show is about trying to teach people about Indigenous issues and you've got a grandstander there trying to say, look at me, look at me. I will be the most outrageous person in the room. It was almost like he was using it as an audition for a future job in the media. And the bad part about this is <laughs> I bet you he bloody gets one. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I just couldn't warn to him at all. And it wasn't just because he, his political views might be different. It just looked fake. He was rude. Looked, yeah. He was downright rude As if he over was just trying to think, again. oh, I've got a, yep. a bunch of um, hand-wringing lefties here. I'll stand out and be different, you know. And people were warned to me. Look, here's the numbers. Um, the last episode, 363,000, which is a brilliant number for SBS, you know. That's a pretty good number for anybody these yeah. days in a, in a week of summer ratings. They had that reunion show last yes. night too, 268,000 for 9.30. That's Again, brilliant numbers. For SBS, I, that's good. Yeah, and I thought that reunion show was quite good. Was, yeah, look, I've watched all three eps. I got home late last night. I haven't seen the reunion show yeah. yet. I would encourage anybody that had a problem with the first episode to go back and watch episode Episodes two and three. I I found those some of that stuff very difficult fulfilling. to watch, though, isn't it? it? Was the way we've difficult. treated some of those people in the past. But know, I mean that uh, experiment Ugh. with the uh, jail in the last episode, mm -hmm. where they're trying to teach people and send them back out into general population with some skills. I found that you know really moving and uh, very positive. You know, yeah, I was all for what they were doing there. That was really positive stuff. I thought in that third episode, Dicko looked a little uncomfortable at times. I wasn't sure if he was maybe having trouble expressing his feelings because it was interesting what he was saying. He was he was concerned he'd go in and, and realise maybe he was really a bit of a, a racist, you know, at heart and, and he would have found that difficult to deal with. So he was sort of... Uh, I guess relaxed that he didn't think he was, but he still, you could still see some inner turmoil in mm. when he was sort of talking about well, it. Well, see, I love Dicko on these sorts of shows because mm. he wears his heart on the sleeve. Yeah. He doesn't put on any act whatsoever. In the, he's the complete opposite to David Oldfield in that he just speaks from the heart and he actually doesn't give a shit what people <laughs> think, but he, he has really good intentions and he's a great, he's a great reality show contestant. Good on sure. you, Dicko. Sure, sure. Um, an interesting thing this week. Now, this time of year with, um, you know, if you're a sports fan, okay, it can be great, especially if you like your cricket. But otherwise, you know, you tend to go to the streaming services. And what do we have? We have Netflix now allowing people to download, watch offline a lot of their content. Um, admittedly, a limited list now, but I think once they tidy up all their rights issues, it will become quite a significant part of their offering. And give me an idea of what that list includes. Does that include their original series? All of them, but things wow. like, I don't think the Gilmore Girls is. Okay. No, but I think because rights issues, there's lots of markets around the world where that's possibly not a Netflix product, 
or they certainly didn't clear all the download rights because it looks like it was a, maybe a relatively new initiative from Netflix. You would have thought they would have thought about this in the past, but maybe not. I think there are Marvel and Disney uh, content that they do in um, with those um, uh, production houses isn't, but things like Stranger Things is, yep. things like Orange is the New Black, and I believe Narcos is, but you... Um, you can't do it from a desktop computer or your laptop. It's only uh, an iOS or Android mobile Interesting. device. So a tablet or a phone. Yep. But for people, you know, going off on a, a long car ride, and you, as long as you're not driving, of course, <laughs> <laughs> or a flight, you know, a yeah. train trip, whatever, this is, uh, this is gold because you think, well, for me, like I've never really got into Orange is the New Black for whatever reason. But I'm thinking, okay, I can download a whole season now and and give it some proper time. Look, Netflix had an amazing year in 2016. They will figure quite heavily in my top 20. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. No spoilers, please. Um, yeah, so that's, that's great news for, for Netflix subscribers. Look, a bit of chat uh, recently, Andrew, about late-night TV. It raises its head. It seems to perennial doesn't every one or two years someone goes oh we're going to try late night tv show and it either nothing ever happens yeah. or it does get up and lasts about two weeks and they they go back to normal which is dodgy repeats you know dodgy shows that did never get an earlier time slot but let's be frank 9 p.m onwards it's a wasteland isn't it really it sure is i mean okay they might you might find the odd drama that starts at 9 10 or 9 15 after the 7 30 reality show finishes but there's certainly nothing programmed new for 10pm onwards, is there? No. And the prime time supposedly runs till midnight, according to Oztam and the data they releases. So to me, it seems a real opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the, the only thing that I think is going to work in late night is if they really reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we can't go back to that. Tonight Show format, the way we did with Steve Weizan, that's really old and tired. And, I mean, we see all those shows from America. If you look closely, you know, James Corden and Stephen Colbert. But they're all got the Z, exactly the same format. They all do they? exactly the same format. So is there, does that mean there's something in it if you do it properly? Oh, look, there's something in it if you're an actor and you've got and access they, to those guests. A-league guests every yeah. night, every episode. If you're going to be doing that every night of the week here in Australia, I'm sorry, you have to reinvent the wheel there. Mm. Now, I think that'd be a lot smarter going back to that format that Clive Robertson and Graham Kennedy did when they did Late Night News with a twist. Okay. I think that's a lot easier. I think it's, it's really easy to, to take. It's a small set. Don't need a studio audience per se. If you get the right person to kind of uh, comment on the the day's events in a similar way to the project does, but maybe even a little bit edgier given its late night time slot, that could be a goer. But I think the old here I am sitting behind a desk and I'm going to have a band open mm. the sh- uh, house band and then a guest is going to come out. I'm sorry, that's not going to work in Australia anymore. Yeah, well, my take on it is there's no way this is going to work on the way the schedule is at the moment you cannot have a show starting at 10 15 one night 10 45 the next <laughs> for sure 9 57 yep. another night forget about it no matter how good it is it could be we could have the first on demand tonight show where they say okay every night at 10 p.m this show is going to be on our catch-up service yeah, okay yeah. it'll screen around 10.30, give or take, yep. that might work. But if you want to download it, 10 o'clock every night, it's there for you. Yeah. Or 
go back to the schedule, guys. Yeah. Let's have shows at 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, which they do in the US. Yep. All those talk shows all start at 10 uh, if you're on the... Uh, if you're on the East Coast, they're all at 11.30. Yep. I think yep. on the West Coast, it might be 10.30. They're an hour early, whatever. But, you know, that you know what time they're going to start, and they always start. They sure do. You know, so that could be an interesting twist on it. But Although they, nine were pretty quick to hose down. Did they hose it down, or did no, somebody else sure. say that Ro- Rove isn't being considered for a late-night show on nine, that they thought it was a movie quiz show with celebrities? Yeah. Mm, not sure if that would work. I think you need some sort of topicality to it. Yeah. Just a show that could be on any time isn't going to make you stay up. No. And yet, and let's, you do have to stay up because there's nothing else on. <laughs> and what are they going to, are they going to schedule some first run stuff before it? You're going to have to. Listen, um, I flick around the guide No every one's going night. to stay there for a repeat of Law and Order no. SVU or, or um, Amazing Medical Bodies, whatever those shows are. You're going to need to rethink your schedule. Yep. I look every night, late (laughs) night TV before I go to bed. I flick around. Is there any last thing to watch before I go to bed? There's always nothing. Same. I do that. I go to your menu, click all channels. Nothing. Seeing all this or nothing I want to see. Yep. I mean, and we make you examine the schedule pretty closely. And you do come back to us some days and guys, look, I know I've got a job to do, but (laughs) there's nothing on to write about, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you do try it. Um, Viceland, have you delved at all into Viceland since launch? I've watched a couple of shows. I, I pretty much decided what sounded interesting and what didn't. I'm not target audience. Um, the thing I'm really pleased about is that Viceland's continuing the movies that, you know, they had some really interesting movies that were screening on SBS 2 before it was rebranded. I like that Viceland's keeping those movies there. So I've watched a few movies. Um, I like the graphics for it. You know, it looks good. But the truth is there's not a lot of stuff there that I want watch but you know i'm in my 50s mm. i'm not mm. the target audience yeah yeah I, I think it's interesting i mean it i'm still in two minds if you know if like, should or should not sbs be doing it. i guess it doesn't really matter i mean they're doing it so you know good on them look the show and was it, a huge channel on charter before, right? in that it's diverse yep there's lots it's from all around the world all different cultures correct so it meets or ticks all those boxes yeah and if it raises a bit of revenue for SBS that lets maybe help some fund some other stuff well that's good too I guess you know? yeah for sure okay their top 10 shows in the first week that Viceland was on air now these are just the overnight numbers okay right not including um, any catch up any consolidated stuff okay gaycation was number 1 53000 right that's the show that i watched right, with okay. ellen page okay yeah yeah, yeah first so. thing i watched on the channel okay eternal sunshine of the spotless mind movie 49000 the a league which is still on there and that's it just seems weird though isn't it when you when do you? Oh, we're going to watch the A League. Oh, it's on Viceland. No, that's weird. It, it does seem weird to me. Yeah, I mean, flip back that on the main. Yeah, I, I flip it over. Um, My awkward sexual adventure. <laughs> I don't know if that was a movie or a series. Forty six thousand balls deep. Yep. Uh, Forty six. So 
you know, the top 10, you get down to Fuck That's Delicious was number 10, 33,000. I watched an episode of that during the week. Pretty interesting. It was in, uh, he was in Queens, I think, mainly. So it was pretty wild. The host's a very interesting dude. can't remember his name. But, Is he a uh, big guy with a beard? Very yeah, big, yeah, yeah, that's right. Very big. I saw a bit of that. Big beard, yeah. So it was fun, you know. It was an interesting show. And just the way they talk, frankly, it's a real alternative foodie show. So that really worked for me, I think. Yeah. So it was interesting. I'd watch that again. But again, again, I'm well out of that demo. You know, it's not not a lot for, for, for me there. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, good on them, some interesting content. And if they get around to commissioning a bit of, you know, Aussie stuff too, that'd, that'd be good news. Um, let's quickly talk about some of the upfronts. Yeah. Um, more of the same from a lot of the networks, particularly Seven, where they, you know, they had a pretty good year. There's not a lot they need to change. Mm. So, you know, obviously things like My Kitchen Rules coming back, they've recommissioned their dramas. Um, you help me out with these? Um, okay, so the dramas they've recommissioned, 800 words. Correct. Wanted. Well, they didn't really recommission. They oh, just only right. showed they, right. half a season. So yeah. whether that they make a, a third season. So I think it'll come back for the second half of the second season one. I got the impression from something I read just yesterday where Tim Warner was talking about filming Wanted in New Zealand that, that they were also filming 800 words. Another season. Maybe I misunderstood that to mean Maybe that I think it's just they the second that one they filmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, 800 words didn't do too well in the ratings this year because it had a terrible lead-in from Zumbo's Just Desserts. And, and quite frankly, I don't think that there was a re- – I don't think the second season was thought out terribly well. There was a sense of it treading water. It wasn't as good as it was mm. year one. Mm. It seemed to like a lot of uh, shows, as the Americans call it, it had a sophomore slump. <laughs> um, but, look, I wouldn't wipe it yet. I would bring them back for a third year and see what they can bring to try and get those figures back up and give them a better lead-in. Yeah. Now, uh, Seven is relying on some, um, what do we call them, bio biopics. They sure are, yeah. biopics, yeah. So we've got uh, Hoag's, the Paul yep. Hogan story. We've got Olivia Newton-John to be portrayed by uh, Delta Goodrum. And we've got... Um, Warney. Alan Bo- oh, no, Warney. Alan Warney. Nine, isn't House it? of Bond is nine. Yeah, Warney. Yeah. So out of those three, I was asked this question this week, they're probably not all going to do massive figures, are they? Well, look. Do you reckon um, they could? Yeah. Let's think back to Molly. Molly's finishing the year as one of the highest rating shows of the year. Um, and I actually think Molly was really, oh, I love really Molly. good. Yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Some great performances in there. Um, the, the promo for Hoags, it looks okay. Um, I must admit the Crocodile Dundee recreation looks really bad. So I got a little bit nervous. I think Justine Clark as Nolene Hogan looks magnificent. Mm. But I think the jury's still out on whether Josh Lawson's going to pull off Hogs. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure about Hogs uh, when I saw that footage. Somebody suggested to me Warney might be the dodgy one, but yeah. I think there's that much interest in him. But And see, I think that Delta as Olivia is pretty damn exciting. Mm. I think that's a good cast. Uh, I think there is a story with Olivia. She's had a bit of drama. You've got See, this is the thing. These these characters have got to have drama in their lives. It can't just be, look, I made a TV show, I recorded a record and got popular. Mm. There's got to be some behind-the-scenes drama, and we know that's there with Hoags when he leaves his wife to get on with his co-star. The drama's there. We know but That's it, though, isn't it? Well... And that's much else. Well, I guess I mean, there was a 
the allegations about his tax. The tax. I mean, but there's, there's, that, not, a lot there's that. not exciting, is it? But there's rags but to riches. He's had a pretty quiet life, hasn't he? To it? see him working on the bridge and see how all that stuff started. I think that's really interesting that right, he's a, okay. a contestant on New Faces and then gets picked up by Mike Willisey and the next thing he's got his own sketch comedy show and he's yep. the toast of the country. It's advertising cigarettes. I'll tell you what, there'd better be a bloody Winfield in that. <laughs> Channel 7 in, imposed their no smoking rule on Hoag's. I'll be really upset because that's iconic. Paul Hoag. They have a no smoking Advertising Winfield cigarettes. Well, I just say that when you think about a place to call home, going from seven to Foxtel, and as soon as it goes to Foxtel, everybody started smoking. Uh-huh. Uh, why didn't they smoke on the seven version? You know, I, I think that seven plays it safe. I think that seven makes some fantastic TV, but the criticism that I would level at them is they sometimes play things too safe. Hmm. Hmm. Some of the other shows have got a bit of real crime. Um Murder Uncovered uh, from the Seven News Department. Mark Llewellyn's going to be producing some of that stuff. That sounds interesting. And I think another one, uh, Million Dollar Cold Case. They're going to look into some cold cases with a million dollars being offered, I think, for the um, a reward if one okay. of those cases can sex- successfully be cracked. Um, Aussie Property Flippers. Look, I'm a bit of a sucker for some real estate shows. These are a dime a dozen now on uh, in the US, the UK. So I'm a bit surprised it's taken them that long to get into the the genre here. Yep. So they're going to do that. Um, now seven, they're just right. Seven are going to be doing Hell's Kitchen too, I believe, and Marco yes. Pierre White, which will be interesting. Yep. Because that gives them another food show. It does. And it could upset the apple cart if they chuck it up against MasterChef mid-year or it could go to the end of the year when nine have their own. Family food fight. Correct. So <laughs> See, I can remember that gonna, title. That's a good title. There's going to be a TV <laughs> food fight then this year, yeah. big time, isn't there? So one of there's going to be tears somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And um, be interesting to see what happens. And just quietly, SBS have their own food show and they're doing it a little bit differently. They're doing a commissioning at Daily called The Chef's Line. I think there's going to be something like 65 episodes, so five days a week. Interesting time slot, 6pm. I think the news department's quite excited because it's wow. potentially a very good lead-in for yep. them where they've just had repeats. And the and the guys behind it, Paul Franklin, who was the guy who turned MasterChef into a massive global franchise with his tweaking of the format after it was, you know, they changed it dramatically for Australia, then exported it around the world. Yep. He worked with the fantasies on that. He's in partnership with a guy called Chris Colviner, who was also another Shine employee. Oh, I they've remember got, Chris Colviner. Yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. they've gone out on their own. I think it's called Eureka TV. Cool. This is their first big commission. Uh, I think Franklin's also working with... On The Voice next year, consulting to ITV, David Motney's team, because he's such a hotshot on these reality formats. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Yep. There'll be an audience for that on SBS. I've been in houses where, you know, people won't watch those commercial news bulletins and they're certainly not going to watch Family Feud. And they're watching cooking shows on SBS in that lead up to some 6.30 news from SBS. Yeah, and it's a clever commission because I wouldn't be surprised if it also gets a rerun later in the night. Yep. 
and they've got their food 10, 30, network 11, that whatever. they can. The Food Channel, of course, yeah. it'll run forever on the damn yeah. Food Channel. So yeah, it's it's pretty clever. So that was uh, where were we? We talked about Seven, hadn't we? Now, we, we, can we just mention Seven too? That Blue Murder sequel they've got with oh, Richard Roxburgh yes, playing Rogerson. That's another one. That'll, that'll be, be a cracker. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It outranks all the others. Actually, yeah. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of interest in that, and it's got quality stamped all over it, hasn't it? And all those actors coming back after all those years, uh, Richard Roxburgh back to play Rogerson, Tony Martin back, uh, some other names in there that yeah. I'm. Not, they're coming back, and yeah. that's going to be yeah, no, magnificent. Be fantastic. Look for ten. We've already mentioned uh, Biggest Loser transformed. Yep. Um, they've recommissioned um, Offspring, and the same producers are going to be doing something called Sisters, yeah. which has got a really impressive cast. It's got a good cast. Um, it's a big ask again. It sounds a lot like Offspring, doesn't it? But which, slightly older. And you know that was the, the the thing that people said about the wrong girl. The wrong girl was just a little bit like Offspring as well. I think yep. in some ways it's clever. Ten know they've got this female audience that'll watch an Australian drama, but you know let's not make them all too much the same. Where sister's going to be set? I'm going to smash my head in the table if it's set in Melbourne, <laughs> like the wrong girl and Offspring. <laughs> and there's another blonde girl who can't. Pick which guy at work she wants to sleep with. Okay, that's <laughs> been done to death. We've got offspring, we've got the wrong girl. If we're going to go sisters with lovely blonde Lucy Jurek, who was so good in Doctor Doctor, I want some, you know, something mm. spicier going on. Uh, Antonia Pebbles in it from Outrageous Fortune and Westside. She's okay. a brilliant actress. Yes. Magda Zhabansky's in yeah. it. Barry Otto's in it. Yeah. Uh, Catherine McClements. A bit edgy, please, 10. Yes. Make it different and yep. make it a bit edgy and I'll watch it. Yeah, it can't be too mainstream, can nah. it? You know, it'll just be a real challenge for them. Um, they're also remaking Wake in Fright, yeah. which I think is interesting. And this is for the blokes. This is, you know, they've pointed out because they're going so female-centric with their dramas, Wake in Fright is, is for the blokes. The big ask, Wake in yep. Front is, I think, the greatest Australian movie ever made. You know, it's the most Too little scene, powerful isn't it? You piece know? of and cinema. If that helps this get a revival, yep. that's that's good. You know, it's it's good always. And if they get it right and it's hard hitting, it's going to slap a lot of people in the face. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Russell Coit's All Aussie Adventures coming back. Um, look, did fantastic business. It did it did fade towards the end. I think, which is one of the reasons it's hasn't been on for a long time. Yeah. Um, but gee, at its heyday, it did very well. So you know, if Working Dog. Uh, get this one right again it could do very well for um for 10 it's got sort of weekend time slot written all over it uh you'd have to think sunday night yeah i wouldn't even mind seeing him tempting it on a saturday night you know but but it's asking for trouble isn't it going saturday nights because the networks have devalued it so much yeah like late night tv yeah you know they they just need to get into some of these time slots persevere a bit with some good programming and try and rebuild them as um I hope it's going to be more than just Russell Coit going, <laughs> doing the Leyland Brothers, which is what he basically sent up yeah. in the first series. I think we've moved on since then. I think if Russell Coit now had a new sort of TV show that was maybe a bit of an advertorial, like all that stuff that screens on 10 during the day that you could send up and maybe a bit of a reality show send up in there. You know, Working Dog are very good at sending up what's going yeah. on now. If they can find some things in TV to send up through the prism of Russell Coit and give it a bit of a, a new place to get the gags from, that'll be interesting. Well, they're great at tapping into current sort yes. of, you know, um, humour, you know, subjects, you know, so there. 
if they can if they can crack that, yeah, I think they'll do very well. And but gee, didn't their um, have you been paying attention? You know, that's oh, done brilliant, fantastic business this year. I yeah. looked at that sometimes. Thought, God, could they strip this into a daily show? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great little format, you know, yeah. that, that really works. And just the little quiet achiever yep. that's been chugging along in a tough time slot Monday at eight thirty. But they very cleverly schedule on calls of that show Friday nights at nine thirty after the Graham Norton show, and I think people discovered it in other time slots and then started discovering it on Monday nights at 8.30. Great show, well-deserved, best panel show of the year for me. And just quickly while we're on 10, uh, the Gogglebox spin-off Common Sense, yeah. which is sort of Gogglebox but in the workplace, yeah. I think, where they're Great not idea. talking about TV but current news. Great idea. Current affairs or whatever. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. So that could, and you could see that just swapping. with If they do two seasons of that, two seasons of Gogglebox, there's 40 weeks of the year covered. Yeah. So they could own that Thursday night time slot. Uh, it'll also be showing on Foxtel too, won't it? So, yep, sounds like really good stuff to me. Yeah. Um, also, before we leave Gogglebox, yes. um, one of the things that they could be looking at, both Foxtel and Tennis spinning off uh, some more from Gogglebox, in the UK they do Goggle Sprogs, okay. where they have little kids talking about TV. It's so cute. In fact, they're doing it as part of they'll do, it'll be one of their Christmas specials. It's the cutest thing ever. And the other thing that they do as a celebrity um, charity thing is they do a celebrity version of Gogglebox, and they have big stars, okay. Ollie Murs yep. and his mate from One Direction and Steve Coogan with Kate Beckinsale, you know, us one but celebrity. You need people, I guess, who are not afraid to speak their mind. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Be which, prepared to go there. <laughs> which isn't always easy to find in Oslo, is it? Come on, Some we must are be reluctant able to... to have a crack at colleagues and that. Yeah. But in the spirit of the show, though. But you don't have to have them reviewing all Australian shows. That's true. They can be watching an episode of Game of Thrones. You know, Mm. it's it's, it's something to look at. Yes. All righty. Channel 9. Look, uh, Hamish and Andy kicked off there up front. They've got a lot riding on their return to TV. I think it'll be mid-year or in the second half. Again, that to me sounds like a Sunday, maybe Monday show. Um... Don't really know much about it. I know they've actually started a lot of pre-production. They have been filming stuff, but I think there'll be like a semi-live element to it right. that they'll they'll put together maybe because they always tend to do that with a live studio audience as opposed to a not live studio audience. Yeah, but as a, with the studio audience and then they slot in their pre-recorded um, stunts. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a big Hamish and Andy army out there. have to see... If that um, if if that does any good for them now, they're um, what's the big? I've, I've slipped my mind. The big reality show, they're Ninja Australia, uh, Australian Ninja Warrior, Ninja Warrior. Warrior. Uh, that's starting filming next week, I believe. Again, we won't see that till the second half of the year, right? But uh, Nine's really hoping this will. Uh, do big business for them. That's my understanding. They, they consider it very important. Hosted by Rebecca Madden. Madden yeah. Uh, uh, Co-hosting now. Ben Fordham's joined the team. Yeah, yeah. So that that sounds good. And when those formats in the past have worked. Um, Gladiators are, I think, back for seven. That was a huge show for a while. It was. The audience got over it after a while. But 
you know, for a, for an amount of time, it does very well. You think back, what was the one on ten years ago? What it's the, a knockout? Yeah, there you like go. That. Yeah. yeah, look, those shows wipe out when you think about it. Those yeah, shows, high well, concept, start well mm. and drop off really quickly. But look, maybe Australian Ninja Warrior, maybe the kids will have their favourite contestants and yes. it'll catch on. Yep. Uh, let's see. Underbelly's back, sort of, but they're going to be looking at um, Chopper. You're calling on. it the underbelly for you doesn't You're impress on. you. You don't think Chopper? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, I didn't. I, I I had. I knew what I thought about it, and but I um, sort of threw it out there to Jonesy and Amanda and said, "What do you guys think about this?" And Amanda Keller said, "I'm sick of seeing us glorifying criminals." I'm tired of it. And mm. you know what? That is exactly what I think. I think the Chopper story has been told Uh-oh. with Eric Banner what? really well. Yeah. I don't think we need to go back to it. I think that Underbelly is a tired franchise and I really am not interested in Underbelly Chopper. Sorry. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'm sort of interested because I just know the, the guys, the Underbelly guys do that sort of stuff so well. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Look, we know Nine's been uh, – Investing a lot in overhauling that Married at First Sight format. That's yeah. going to kick off the year for them. So they'll be really hoping well, that kick off the well. year. They're hoping to kick MKR in the arse. Well, no, that's they? not going to happen, is it? Well, they've got to do something. They can't just sit back. Oh, no, I agree. It's and a great let strategy. MKR but wipe them every year. You would have to think MKR. Gee, the promos are already in for M- MKR. They seem to have got the um, casting pretty but right. But you again. only have to start. Chipping away at oh, it. Oh, look, absolutely. And supersizing married at first sight and marrying to Yeah, well, look, couples. I'm certainly not about to say it couldn't happen because. I'm, it not, could. I'm not saying it's going to beat MKR, no. but, but it could. all you've got to do is It'll start. Happen. It'll happen. Somebody will beat it one day. Yeah. Right. Start eating away and breaking away. And yep. we just need Paleo Pete to say a few more <laughs> ridiculous things. And, you know, that's what you've got to do when you've got a big hit show. You've got to try something new up against it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, We've talked about family food fight. Have to see that gets it's a commission from Endemol Shine Australia. So the fantasies again. So yeah, you know, gee whiz, they churn out a lot of shows, don't they? Uh, same time next year, Carl Stefanovic back in prime time. Yep. Yeah, the premise of this show is interesting. They've been working on it for a year because you've got to wait to yep. twelve month turnaround. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm not that confident. But you Look, never I saw know. an ep of the British show. Okay. And um, the one I saw, there was a uh, a guy who stuttered. And he said, you know, I'll come back here in a year's time and not – and he really struggled to yeah. get those words out. And he came back a year later and gave a speech. It was Yeah, well, moving. that's good, but is it a TV show? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a short current affair item. It's feel good. You know? I'll tell you that. It's feel good. Yeah, well, that's not ratings guaranteed either, is it? The Last Resort, Love Me or Levy, and yet another relationship show. Sorry, who thinks calling a show The Last Resort is clever? Don't you understand? If it's no good, we're just going to say, oh, nines, this is a, that's our last resort to come up with a show like this. It invites a bit of a gag there. Yeah. Hopefully it's all right. The ABC saved a bit of money this year. They didn't have uh, an upfront, and, and good on them. I don't yeah. think you need to have up glossy upfronts. I mean, I get it for the commercials. They get the advertisers along. They've got to, you know, really try and get them engaged with the content, explain it all. But look, the upfronts, Richard Finn. Finlayson did a lot of one-on-one interviews. They had a, a nice, glamorous press release. They had a website with, you know, some good detail. I, I think that was fine. Um, Claudia Carvin, Newton's Laws, one of their big marquee yep. programs this year. Somebody said to me, do we need another, you know, Aussie drama, Aussie, Aussie legal drama yeah. with a female lead? 
Um, look, um, the someone. Uh, Tiffany Dunk wrote in the Daily Telegraph, and she had it in inverted commas, which suggested to me that it came from the ABC, that it was rake meets sea change. So I went to the ABC and said, what does that mean? I've just read the synopsis for the show. Claudia Carvin is, returns to a suburban law practice. What's sea changey about that? Hmm. The suburbs is not Pearl Bay. <laughs> and they still haven't got back to me about that. So I don't know whether they're just throwing around hit shows and saying that when in actual How fact many that's shows have been compared be. to sea change? over the years. How many we're, shows are saying they're rate now too? We're, a, we're rate yeah, means this. But we're at a stage now where the sea change really doesn't mean much to anybody. It was so far ago, yeah, wasn't it? you're absolutely it? You know, right. It just... And in fact, if you look, if you remember back, the ABC tried to replicate sea change with drama after drama that failed in the wake of that. So yeah, stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's another drama called uh, Seven Types of Ambiguity. Now that looks good. Don't know much about it. Is that set in the current day? It's, or is I think it it's based on a novel, um, but it's a bit like the slap. It's you oh, know okay, a whole yep. bunch of different characters yep. in this unfolding story. Okay, yeah, yep, sounds intriguing. The Warriors, I like the sound yeah, of. That looks good. Uh, from Robert Con. Who also made? He was the director on Barracuda, I think. Yeah, so, right. Um, I'm happy to watch what uh, he gets so up to. So that's uh, indigenous guys joining an AFL football club, isn't it? Uh, correct. Yes. Yeah, looks yeah, good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's a, there's a history of that happening. Great concept. And, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sounds based sounds, in reality. Sounds really good to me. Um, not the, they're investing a fair bit in um, commissioning content that will go straight to iView first and then come onto the network and they look for really brand new talent. They go to places like YouTube, try and find interesting people. That's where we've had things like uh, the catering show yep. in the past, you know. Yep, soulmates. Yep, they found reasonable yep. audiences. You know, didn't cross over big time, but for, for the ABC, they can get away with that sort of stuff. To be honest, there's not much else that really jumps out at me from uh, the ABC. They're finally going to get into high def yep. for the um, primary channel. So, gee whiz, that's taken a long time, they coming. And I think uh, Richard Finlayson said that they were would make more announcements next February because there were three dramas up in the air missing from okay. that list. Um, Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery, which we now know there because Essie Davis is a hot property overseas, they're thinking of doing three feature films set around the world. Great yep. idea, but Absolutely. no more TV episodes. Um, we, we need another series of Upper Middle Bogan and we need another series of Rake. They both had great runs in 2016. There's more in the engine there. Now, I think the first show to be commissioned out of that comedy project was, was it Ronnie, um, Ronnie Cheng's International, International Student. Student. Yeah. yeah. So and to me, that was possibly the best one of those, I thought. So. Yeah. But uh, Richard Finlayson also said he thinks some of those other shows might get up too. I hope they don't do them all, otherwise it makes no, the whole point of the, the project. What was the point of doing this? No, 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 no. There and was some a... of them really weren't funny. Yeah, correct. You know, they really weren't funny. Um, but it was still a great concept and still a great um, showcase to let some sitcom ideas go out there. They should do that idea again and come up with six new ones. Sure, sure. Um, quickly, anything else that sort of caught your uh, mind towards the end of the year? I quickly want to mention some of the uh, the TV ratings. Everybody, again, put out releases saying, yeah, we all did very well. Mm, of course. Seven. I think you can, you can safely say seven won the year. They did. You know? With or without biggest, the Olympics, Biggest right? audiences. For the general viewer, okay, demos are important, bloody blah, blah, blah. We get all that. But just in terms of the biggest audiences, seven. They had the Olympics. They had My Kitchen Rules. 
just on those two properties alone, that nearly gets you across the line. They won all people, all ages, <laughs> all year. Yeah, now, you can fill with the figures all you like, but that's still number one. Yep. Total audience figures, yep. not a demo. Yep. Sorry, Nine. Absolutely. So, yeah, and Nine's claim is, look, we actually won 18 to 49, but it was Excluding by, the Olympics. Yeah, excluding yeah. the Olympics well, and, and factoring all the channels together. That combined channel share, it doesn't do it for no. me. I just give me, I wonder, what's the most popular channel? Correct. What's the most popular show? Don't start adding 9Go, Jam. Don't start adding 11 no. and... Listen, they were close. They were a close (laughs) second. Yeah. They weren't lagging behind. After such a shabby start to the year. They came a really good second. They covered very well. 10 again. Look, 10 had its best year since 2011. So there was year-on-year improvement. That 10 will admit, look, they're not back to where they want to be. Correct. There is a slow, steady growth. And I think they've got a reasonable schedule next year. They do now, yeah. I do quite like the look of that. They get beat up so badly when they have to go to repeats of... um, What's his name? Jamie Oliver yeah. at seven thirty, or repeats of Modern Family. They just the audience just go away big time. You can't yeah, do that. Shocking. You need original uh, primetime properties in those seven thirty slots. That's what they're going to have next year. I think for the first time for a long time. So you know they've finally got there, and I understand that costs a lot of money. It sure you does. You can't go out and commission all that in one go. No, but they've finally built up to that. So I think it could be. Um, a, could be game on a little bit more than it has been. Quickly, the Grand Tour. Amazon now lets you sign up. Aussies can sign up to Amazon, um, they call it Prime Video, yeah, Amazon Prime. Video, whatever it is. Yep. So I've been watching a couple of Grand Tours. I've Look, I've been a big Top Gear fan. It does still seem a little bit, um, what's the word, um, indulgent. Does it? And Top Gear was always indulgent, but this even seems more so. This uh, the Grand Tour, but look, I'm still watching it, so it's worthwhile. Yep. I've been watching The Man in the High Tower, which the premise is the oh, Nazis yeah. won World War II. Oh, I so want to watch that. And the US is divided into German sort of control of the West Coast and the Midwest, and Japan has control of the West Coast. Wow. That's fascinating, so it's really interesting. So I've been enjoying that, but it's uh, good stuff. Andrew, that sort of um, wraps up our look at the year. We'll be back with you in a podcast, which I'm looking forward to. You're Can I just give a couple to. of tips yep, real quick? quick. Um, with some amazing figures for Arrow on Fox 8 okay. last night because yes. they're doing a huge crossover with Supergirl, The Flash, DC's Legend of Tomorrow. Arrow was its 100th episode. It got 93,000 viewers Well, those night. shows, Flash, yeah. Supergirl, Arrow, they've all, yeah. they all do really well they're on Fast uh, tracking them and it's working. Yep. Um, the Exorcist begins on, begins on Showcase on Sunday night. With Gina Davis? It is so good. That's a series, isn't it? It is a series. It is the top pick of the week. It's that good. And you'll hear more about that in my top 20 for the year. And also, I'm really looking for uh, Meg... um, the Midnight Sun has started streaming on SBS on demand. Okay. There's a huge billboard up there in. Uh, it's now this is before it's been shown on broadcast. Yes. Yeah, it streams yeah. first. You can binge it there. It's uh, from the makers of The Bridge, and it's set in some part of. Oh, Scandi Noir land <laughs> where the sun, you know, the, there's no night. It's Look, it's still one of TV's best kept secrets, SBS on yeah. demand. Yeah. I and mean, it's an amazing library, it's bloody free. It's great. And they've committed to doing lots of dramas first run, I think, on yeah. that for next year. Too. And I'm also really looking forward to, to Hairspray Live, which they're going to screen on, on SBS, SBS again. Saturday, Amazing. 10 December. Now, it's an NBC big primetime big yep. deal in the US, isn't it? And yeah. Hello, 11. 
why haven't you screened the new Rocky Horror show that Fox screened at Halloween? If you're going to okay. repeat the Rocky Horror Picture Show all the time, let I'm all for every generation having their version of these musicals, and that's what's good about these shows, and uh, so bring it on. Okay, great stuff. All right, uh, Andrew, been great working with you. We've got one podcast to go. We'll Thanks, um, see you with that one.